Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Dan Duquette speaks out for the first time this offseason in an extended interview. Does he sound like a man with a plan or just a man who's holding on for dear life? The Ravens have won three in a row. Is Burt Rohde back in? ESPN said Steelers-Bengals is the best rivalry in the AFC North. I'm pretty sure NBC will contradict that next week. I'm Josh Soroka. I'm Burt Rohde. I'm Matt Soroka. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I'm your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Burt Rode. What up, coconuts? And the button lover, Josh Soroka. How are you guys doing? Good. Josh, did you know <laughs> in the 60 minutes intro, you're supposed to end it with a question? So, And you had a statement, which is fine. Oh, but even if you have, even you know, if you have a statement... The last are, word, you got to raise up a little bit. You are correct. I meant to say, will NBC say something different next Sunday? Yeah. That's but you can I'm, just say. I had, you I, know I, what? I had it in my head, but I've got to press all these buttons while we do it as well. So I should probably write it down next time. Okay. <laughs> He's okay. the producer that, and co-host. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if you don't, even if you say a statement like uh, NBC will contradict it next week. Just, right. you know, got to raise your voice there at the end. <laughs> And it kind of turns into a question anyway. Right. By the way, I do I need to be corrected, or did the Ravens really did win three in a row? Uh, they won two since our last episode. I know that. I'll pull up the. So, uh, yeah, that sounds I, about I, right. Three in a row sounds okay. right. Yeah, so on your because uh, yeah, you, yeah, you were back in on it on the last episode. Right, because they just had beaten uh, the the Houston Texans. Who their last three wins? They just you, beat Detroit, you, and they previously beat the Texans, and you, right before that? Not quite. You jumped on the bandwagon after they shut out Green Bay 23-0. That's, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's then, the one. Then, since our last episode, they beat the Titans on Mon- or the Texans on Monday night, and then, yep. ye- and then yesterday, <laughs> on Sunday, they destroyed the, the Lions. Yes, yes. So, Monday night, when we recorded last Sunday – I said that I was back in just because they shut out the Packers. Right. Uh, that was only one win in a row. <laughs> and right. then uh, Monday night, I went out to a sports bar near my house with my brother and my friend. We stayed for the whole first half. They were kicking the Texans' butts. And I went home and watched the end of the game from bed. And they continued to beat the Texans' butt. A pretty handily handled win against Tom Savage and the lowly uh, – Houston Texans ever since their boy uh, Deshaun Watson got hurt. Uh, am I hearing this right? You're, t- you're trying to take credit for the winning streak? Is that yes. what's going on? Yes. Fast forward to yesterday, Sunday, I watched the first half where they were shutting out the Detroit Lions, a team who had not been shut out in the first half all season long. So then I said, all right, this game's in the bag. I went out to do some yard work, periodically checking my phone in the second half. Come to find out, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford gave him a bit of a scare before they put it away at the end. Right. But 
But I'm feeling pretty good about being all the way back in. Let's see how they do against the Steelers next weekend. I'll change my mind yeah, most a, likely. It was a little scary for a moment. It did, for, yeah. I, I had the Ravens defense going, so I'm thinking shutout. I want another shutout. They shut out Stafford in the first half. Why can't they do it in the second half? Bird, you're an absolute joke, man. You're a joke <laughs> I, of a you're a joke of a Ravens fan. You know that, don't you? You're, you are you gonna you're you gonna tell have... me like you told me on Thanksgiving that I have no backbone and I stand for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did say that Thanksgiving. Those man, were your you exact just... words. <laughs> you're like a freaking jellyfish. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you need to issue like a formal apology to the Baltimore Ravens and John Harbaugh and that whole franchise for writing them off after like three weeks of the season. Now well, we'll they're, they're the new hot team, man. Everyone's jumping yeah. on board. They're the darlings because they beat Brett Hudley and uh, Tom Savage. Yeah, but and and because Joe looked good. I mean, they beat the six and five Detroit Lions. They're not a terrible. That's team. true. Detroit's got a pretty just, hefty yeah. offense. That yeah, yeah, Stafford's got an arm. He can put up a lot of points. Uh, the fact that they were able to shut him out for an entire half is is a good thing to see. And the and Joe Flacco is is putting together a decent offense right now. Yeah. Well, what 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 are your thoughts are? And I do want to recap the game a little bit. But before we sure. recap it, uh, just what are your thoughts, real quick, on us going uh, to to Pittsburgh next Monday? Yeah. See, that's that's going to be hard to tell. Uh, you know, those divisional matchups are always a toss-up. You know, everybody talks about that. Anytime the Ravens and the Steelers, it's a Donnybrook. It's uh, in-your-face, yeah. breaking-your-jaw football and stuff like that. Uh, so, I don't know. It's it's hard to predict. You just don't – you want it to be a close game. I don't, the last thing I want is for us to go into Pittsburgh on Sunday night and just have them kick our tails around. That could I don't be know the, who, the worst. I don't know who you are anymore, Bert. What, the toss-up? No. The bird I know would say this game's done over. Ravens gonna get destroyed. They're playing a real football team. The Steelers are good. We've been playing joke teams before. We're gonna get That's crushed. True. That's, That's true. the bird I know. This toss up nonsense. I don't know who I'm talking to anymore. I'm I, just being zany. I mean, I <laughs> I told you guys. Uh, I, th- I think last week it might have been uh, after the the win. It must have been off off podcasts uh, after after the Monday night win. That that somehow this team still has a shot at the division. And it's really interesting. They, Stafford was a good test for them to go up against a good quarterback who in many ways is a better passer than Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Um, ben Roethlisberger's, I think, might be more versatile than Stafford. But for a guy, a game where we know the Ravens were already going to get hyped up for this game no matter what, to see that defense perform well gives me hope. I think this team is way healthier than they were in week four when we played the Steelers. The Steelers beat us by running the ball a lot in week four. And now we got Williams back on the line and uh, our run stopping has gone down dramatically. So I think there's a good chance the Ravens can win next week. The question is, can the Bengals beat them tonight? Yeah. Well, well. and the thing thing you overlooked was uh, Jimmy Smith. Who's going to be covering Antonio Brown next week? Yeah, and that's a big uh, d- distinction. And Josh still, he, he's been doing this for a while, sipping the purple Kool-Aid, eating the purple Pop-Tarts. But <laughs> Jimmy, but the thing that separates the Lions and the Steelers um, is I think, I think first of all, I think Big Ben's better. But outside of that, the Lions don't have anyone like Antonio Brown or Juju Sh- 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 Schuster. They got, they got Golden Tate. Yeah, but he's not a Schuster or a Bryant or a Brown. Those top three guys. I think are better than, yeah. than, than Tate. And Brown, we're out Brown is Smith. number one in the league. Yeah, and we're out Jimmy Smith. So the question is, who's going to cover Antonio Brown, and, and how is that going to – are we going to be able to cover him at all? It's going to be Humphrey, who has been improving. He struggled a little bit yesterday, but redeems himself with that interception. That'll be the and guy. Car, and, and Car might see some action too with them. Car yeah. and then uh, – Sure. Right. So we're putting our number one draft pick, a rookie, up against uh, Antonio Brown – He's going to really have to step it up if uh, they're going to be covering uh, a guy like Brown. Yeah. And Schuster. Don't don't sleep on Schuster. That man's a Oh, stud. I'm not. I'm not. But we're talking – I mean, Schuster's maybe a top 15 receiver in the league. Brown is number one. Yeah. I guess, I mean, if there is a silver lining, like this is the best cornerback or best secondary the Ravens have had, has, have had in a long, long time. And so it's not like you're running Frank Walker or any of those other jokesters we've had out there in the past. <laughs> Right, yeah. like these are legitimate quarters who, corners who are still playing. 
And Humphrey has been playing well this year. So it's not the end of the world, but it's it's going to be real. T- I mean, I'm curious to see how the secondary plays against Big Ben um, being without what? Jimmy Smith. Uh, regular season passing. So for quarter QB passing ratings uh, this this season so far, Stafford is number 10. Ben Roethlisberger is number 18. Yeah. So far. Right. So Stafford's having a better season. All right. Fair, 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 fair enough. Our um, – Go, go, going back here a little bit, our assessment of the game, I mean, that's as good as Joe looked. Uh, were you guys, your reaction to Joe Flacco's play? I mean, he was he was good. It was more exciting offense. They mixed in the long, the deep pass. They mixed in the, the no huddle. Mike they, Wallace, good to see you. They mixed yeah, in the where's play he been? action. It's, it's what Joe asked for after the game last week where he said they're too vanilla. He wants to be exciting, and they did that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the, the question is, is I mean, obviously Joe was not trying to just do checkdowns only since the beginning of the season. He's obviously wanted to go downfield, but he's been unable to for whatever reason. I think getting Perryman off the field, like realizing, recognizing, hey, Perryman, you suck at football, was a good realization for the Ravens to say, like you suck enough that this Joker Moore is going to get playing time over you. I think that's yeah. a good realization to say. Um, Macklin's, and even, he had a great game. Still, especially in the beginning of the game, there were several drop balls. Uh, I remember a couple of distinct ones near the sideline by by Macklin that Joe could have had even, even a better game. Why Jeremy Macklin ever drops a football is beyond me. That's ridiculous. But but Wallace, it's great to see him co- come to life and have a great game. And they're going to need Mike Wallace in that deep threat in that offense. I thought it was a perfect game in that, Bert, was, Bert you're, you're right. The first half, yeah. the Ravens defense shut them down. But sure. you know Matt Stafford's good. And you know that offense is good. And so they came back. And right when they came back in that fourth quarter, when they were up by 14, then like two minutes in the fourth quarter, they drove down the Lions and scored a touchdown to, to cut to, to seven. And normally that's the time where you get a Ravens three and out. That's a classic Ravens yeah. three and out moment. But the Ravens offense stepped up and, and drove the ball down the field and then in the Alex Collins touchdown. So I thought it was a, a nice, complete team effort where you saw each side of the football pick the other side up when they needed to. Yeah. And when and when Stafford had to come out for a little while and they bring in that guy Roddick or Ruddick, Jake Ruddick, you just knew the guy was going to throw a pick six. Like I, I was just waiting for it to happen, listening to it on my phone there while I was doing yard work. It was just as soon as this guy makes a passing attempt, somebody's going to pick him off and take it to the house. Yeah, absolutely. And how about the, the season that I mean, then that came because we were just putting pressure on Stafford all day long. Um, to the point where we knocked him out. How about yeah. the the play of Terrell Suggs? I'll tell you what, that man is 55 years old. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Right. He's 62 years old, and he's still getting it done. It's just so yeah. impressive the season Terrell Suggs is having. He's, he's a guy who last season we were talking about uh, this injury and uh, should he just retire. And I feel and, like we had the conversation three years ago, yeah. Right, and then I feel like I thought that was going to be the storyline of this season, and there's no reason for him to retire. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a great win. Joe in post-game just eating those wins. Eating those wins. <laughs> right. I believe it's got to be like the middle finger and the ring finger go right. together yeah, like this. Across, yeah, Something like that. Yeah, and yeah. you just eat them it's, up. It's still weird. It's, it's so <laughs> awkward to watch, but you can't turn to think of Carter. You can't turn away. Did, did you hear the comment? Did you hear the comment that Joe Flacco might not be elite, but he'll eat? <laughs> It is, but you're right. It's that video. I just kept playing as a gift because it was creepy and disturbing, and I could not look away. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to think about the conversations we were having about the Ravens even a month ago, and how quickly this conversation changes. Right. And now we're talking about a playoff team, John Harbaugh, the hot seat. What are you talking about? And this could yeah. be his greatest coaching job ever to take this group of guys to to the playoffs. Right. So I it mean, just changes everything. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a fairly easy path now to the playoffs. It doesn't really yeah, – even, even if you lose the Steelers. Right. You still got the wild card. Right. You got you got the Colts, the Bengals, and the uh, Browns after the Browns. Steelers. So yeah. that that's a nice, easy way to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And, and, and what the Ravens are sitting now with, what, seven wins? Yeah, and so if if you win two more nine, I think that's probably good enough to to to, to get you. Yeah, go two and two against bad teams. Ten, you're a lock. Get right. out of here. Right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, somehow this season that uh, 
looked like we were just going downhill with injuries and uh, wide receivers that can't catch have turned the turned it around. They definitely made it interesting. They they've turned me into a guy who wants to watch every game, at least for now. <laughs> no, no more trips to Costco dirt on Sunday afternoons. And it's really been bad because I need to get to Costco, and it's been three weeks since I've been to Costco. Come on, Ravens. <laughs> you can go before the game on Sunday. Sunday night game, you can go early. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good point. Go. And, yeah, uh, I could do that. It's pretty nice of Jimmy Smith to schedule his his PED uh, punishment to coincide with his injury. Yeah, it worked yeah, out know, pretty good. I know you're allowed to do that. That sounds shady, but okay. I, 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 I asked about it today. You can. You are allowed to do them, run them both at the same time, and apparently – He's known for a couple of weeks, and he's been appealing it. But then he dropped his appeal today. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, why yeah. Not? I wonder why. <laughs> right. I know. Uh, speaking of injuries and, and appeals, uh, Rob Gronkowski picked a perfect time to screw up everybody's fantasy football leagues. Am I right? Oh, I'll tell you what. Counting on him. That yeah, was, he's uh, my guy. That was a. I guess, that was a cheap hit. You're stealing my strawberry of the week, but that's okay. Josh, in the opening, what Josh was explaining about the how he didn't form a question because he had to hit all these buttons because he's the producer of the show as oh, well. That, that was wrong. That, that was his answer. That was Gronkowski's pretty much his answer. He's yeah. like, yeah, my bad. I feel I, sh- I should have done it. I just got frustrated. Refs aren't calling any fouls. What am I they supposed to do? all the time. <laughs> yeah, what am I supposed to do? It's so frustrating for me. And so he gives this guy a concussion because right. he's frustrated with the ref. That's what I, I, I love that his excuse was, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes him a strawberry. Not the fact that he got caught up in his emotion and did something stupid because we all do that sometimes. It's that it's not but his fault. He didn't take responsibility for it. Yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but that big but. Millennials, snowflakes love the but. They're obsessed with the but. <laughs> obsessed with the but, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I did the but, but. And then, then, then they said, really, uh, their, their reason. Love the butt. I've never seen I'll, the people so obsessed with butts. I'll just leave you with that. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk this whole show about butts. Yeah, but then I don't I don't. Like, you got to move on. All right. That can be the show title. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, guys, I got some Orioles stuff to get to, if you guys oh, don't boy. mind. All right. Dan Duquette's excited. Is yeah, it? fill yeah. me in, because I haven't heard anything about the Orioles. Okay, so you know it's it's been a little bit since we we last recorded, um, but in the meantime, like right after we recorded, uh, Dan Duquette went on one five seven the fan for an extended interview. Like it's kind of his first his coming out party for the off season. And okay. I got some quotes. I got it, some quotes. Was it all to talk about the Japanese Babe Ruth? Uh, he he was in there. So there's been a lot of rumors that he doesn't know who this Oatani guy is, but he was asked about him, um, and so he does know who he is. Uh, okay. I did, but but did he make the tw- phone call? I don't know if he made a phone. You call. You know, as the Yankees get crossed <laughs> out, the Red Sox get crossed out, the Nets get crossed out, the Orioles yeah. haven't been crossed out yet. But but he might not even know that the Orioles exist. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if you can get crossed out if you were never on the original list. Right. See, that's the problem. To be crossed out, you have to be on the list, and the Orioles were never on the list to be crossed out. Uh, though I like to say, I, I think that's a good move. I think it's a good move because, like, if I want to, if I want to talk to a girl, like, this is my whole high school life. If I want to talk to a girl that was real cute, I want it because I know she would reject me because of my stutter. So I just would never talk to the cute girl, thus never get rejected. So the world's, we don't want Otani. We're too good for Otani. So he he didn't reject us. We rejected him. Take that, uh, Japanese Babe Ruth. I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I mean, but that's that's the story I'm going with. It might have worked, but at the same, but at the same time, if the pretty girl wants to be your girlfriend, regardless of your stutter, then all of a sudden you're you're not going to feel like you're too good for her. You'll be like, oh, okay, well then let's do this. Yeah, but that's not possible, Bert. Have you met me? No, it's not possible. Oh, it's possible. Right. He <laughs> likes West Coast teams. He's gonna get. He's gonna go over there in the West but, Coast. But he pitches. I mean, it makes sense. And he bats. He and picks, we do both. <laughs> Yeah, I said he would be he would be a good fit for the Orioles. He'd be a good fit because right. he, he can hit home runs and pitch well. So I don't know why it's not going to – I posted on Twitter today. I only got one like. I'm only a little bit better that I only got one like on this tweet because I thought it was a pretty good tweet. I saw Buster Only, Buster Only, who's a ESPN reporter about baseball. He posted – he did a tweet where he said, potential 2018 Cubs lineup, and he put 
Otani in that potential lineup. Right. So I did potential 2018 lineup for the Orioles, and I included Otani in the potential <laughs> Orioles lineup. <laughs> you got him. Right. Because <laughs> that's, that's how it works. Potential lineup. It's a potential line. If, if he Otani signs with us, potential. He hasn't signed anywhere yet. All right. So anyway, some Dan Duquette quotes. Let's hear. Um, he was he was asked about the you know the big question: Should the Orioles rebuild? Did you guys hear this response? No, waiting on you. All right. Here's what he said Let about. He, here's what he said about: Should they rebuild or should they make one last playoff push? And he said <laughs> before Machado leaves. One last playoff push. Yeah, he said, I think that's what people want. We still have a pretty good core group, and I've got to tell you that rebuilding, that's not very much fun. You can sit here and you can talk about it, but it's not very much fun. The Cubs in Houston, they lost 100 games a couple times, and that was painful. They had a plan that they were going to lose that many games, and they leveraged that to get the top picks in the draft. Unfortunately, they invested properly. But losing 100 games to move up in the draft, that's not very much fun. All right. A lot of people were quick to point out. If you guys, I'll just continue. I'll do the rest of the show by myself. Shut up. Uh, if uh, <laughs> a lot of people are quick to point out that when Dan Duquette, when he used like the examples of teams losing 100 games, he used the example right? of the Cubs and the Houston as the two examples of teams that recently rebuilt. And if you're trying to make an argument for not rebuilding, you might not want to argue we shouldn't rebuild because we don't want to be like the Astros or the Cubs. That's probably not the argument you want to make because right. rebuilding turned out pretty well for the Cubs and for the Astros. Yes. Have you been watching baseball the last couple of years? Come they on. made it. They were able to make it work somehow. Yeah. And so, yeah, losing 100 games is not fun. But if you can exchange 100 games for, the, for a World Series, which like the Cubs and the Astros did, you would take that. So I get Dan Duquette's point that losing games isn't fun and losing 100 games isn't fun and rebuilding isn't fun. But – Bad examples with Cubs and Astros. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, next uh, quote. Yeah. I, I was just distracted because I was reading about Otani. Yeah. And sure. uh, the Orioles' interest in him. And apparently, it, it would be pretty tough for the Orioles to go after him because they, they, don't no have, they don't have any international bonus money. Yeah. You know, the money they've been giving away for anyone for the past few years. This yeah. is what oh, this, yeah. is what, this is what teams use it for that international slot money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and 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 you know, I, you know, I was wondering today. I was thinking about it. The Orioles have a director of international scouting. What does that guy do all day? Sleep under his desk. What does that the director of international scout do all day? He's he got, plays daily. He days plays daily fantasy baseball on DraftKings.com. Yeah, yeah, he's probably doing the old George Costanza and having making out with the <laughs> with the maid, the assistant to the traveling. Uh, oh, what was his title? Assistant to the traveling secretary. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. All right. Uh, so, so no interest in rebuilding. Yeah, no, they're they're in it to win it. Uh, as far as what this team needs to do. Uh, he talks about starting pitching. He says about starting pitching, that's where we're focused. Any good team starts on the mound, and any team that's going to compete in the American League East has to have some pitching depth. Then so we're focusing it. our efforts on adding to our pitching staff. I think we still have a good, good uh, still have a good bullpen. Our bullpen is strong. We'll have to add to our starting pitching some veterans as well as some depth. Now, if only... and again, one more comment for that. He said we're going to have to be resourceful at the end of that. We're going yeah, to have that's... to be resourceful. Right. That's now, the ugly part of that quote. If only there were some free agent pitchers who were good who were available this offseason. Yeah, and, and so Duquette's logic was he's waiting for – he thinks teams are waiting for the Otani thing to, to, to straighten out. And once Otani signs, then the free agency ball will start to get rolling. Right, but who cares about that? If we're not in on Otani, then while everyone's distracted with the Japanese Babe Ruth, let's sign some pitchers. Yeah, here's his last quote about pitching. Pitching, he says, this is Dan Duquette. Pitching can come from anywhere. No, it would, can't. Tryouts, Josh, at, uh, in your backyard later. Pitching can come from anywhere. And the way I look at it, if you do a decent job and work at it, you ought to be able to find some service, some ser- serviceable pitching. You know. With, with all due respect, Dan Duquette, last year the pitching wasn't serviceable. So did you not do your job or what? Because if you do a good job, you should be able to find some serviceable pitching. 
we didn't find serviceable pitching. So someone's not doing their job. Yeah, and not only was it not serviceable, it was the worst in baseball. I don't know if it was the worst in baseball, but it was pretty bad. No, it was, no, was starting it was the worst in baseball. All right, starting was uh, the worst. Yes. Maybe one team, maybe Cincinnati, I mean, it might be one team worse, but we, um, I think we were next to last. Yeah, we we joked a lot last offseason that we were going to put together a tryout tape and send it to the Orioles, and we never got around to it. I guess we got to do that again this offseason. Um, Buck Showalter, at every uh, offseason event he's been going to, he's been – what I thought was a joke saying, hey, if you throw left-handed, come talk to me. We need a left-hander. I thought that was a joke. Now maybe he it really is trying to find left-handed pitching anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is my favorite, new favorite Dan Duquette quote. I want to, if we can find the audio of this, I would like this to be a new button. Pitching can come from anywhere. I like yeah. that. <laughs> That's classic Dan Duquette right there. All right. Uh, I found it in my uh, in the woods behind my house doing yard work today. Just that's right. Picture. You can just just, just wandering stumble around. Upon it. Yeah, yeah, throwing rocks in the stream. Yeah, with his it's left so hand. easy. I mean, that, that's why we're always able to have a good start in rotation because you can just find a like, good pitching anywhere. All right. Um, talked about trading Zach Britton. Here's what he said about trading Zach Britton. He said, I, "I like Zach Britton. I like him on our team." Obviously, there's a lot of interest in him. He's got one year left on his contract here. He's been one of the top pitchers in the league. Clubs knew that the club clubs knew that the club was looking at some options throughout the trade deadline, and there was a lot of interest in him then. And we elected to hold on to him with the team. He's got a lot of value for our team, but I can understand why Cubs would be interested in him. I'm sorry, I just read like ten sentences that all said the same thing over and right. over again. I got to stop. <laughs> that quote was off for like another paragraph. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Right? Did, did Gronk answer that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, in short, Dan Duquette likes Britain and other teams like Britain and State. I like our Let's guys. Move on. And Britain's yeah. good. Right. Moving on. Here, here's what he says about Machado. He says, Dan Duquette says, I don't know as far as him being a future Oriole. He says, I don't know the answer to that. Not what you want to hear from GM, but whatever. Okay. He says, I don't know the answer to that. I know that Manny has some great years in the American League. And then, literally, for a paragraph, he goes on talking about how he's a good player, he's good defense, good hit, and good power. I'm going to skip all that because it's classic Daniel Katz speak. And at the end, he says this stuff. This is what he says at the end, his last sentence. The club has decided if he's going to be a long-term – the club has to decide if it's going to be a long-term fixture in our lineup in Baltimore. And I think that's a decision for the club this offseason. Then do it. He Wait, who's the club? I thought Dan Duquette's yeah. the club. Is, is, uh, Dan, yes. is Dan Duquette is, now doing an Orioles podcast? Yeah, this is interesting, right? This use of the club, the term the club, he repeats it over and over again, the right. club has to decide. Everyone knows what that means. Though, whoever's doing this interview on 105.7, I don't know who it was doing it. Well, they're, they're, they're soft. They don't want to dig No in. one has the guts to say what he really means by the club. Right. And that's the Peter Angelos has to decide if he of wants course. to keep Manny Machado. That's what it's about, right? right? And even the Zach Britton, let's go back to this past off season when we had a deal with Houston, but it fell through. No one really knows why. The deal was, is it didn't get ownership's approval. Every trade, every long-term contract extension has to go 100% still through Peter Angelos's office. And so people who, and I was getting on Twitter a little bit this week, because people get in a hard time on Dan Duquette. I think Dan Duquette has done a really good job working with what he's working with. I mean, how many GMs have been successful under the tutelage of, or not tutelage, under the, the overseer, uh, overseeing of, of, of Peter Angelus? Not many. But you got to go back to Gillick, the first one. Right. After Gillick, they've all been terrible. Why? Because right. Peter Angelus is hard to work for. And Peter Angelus has to sign off on everything and get approval for everything. And uh, Peter right. Angelus is not a very good baseball mind. He's no, he's no uh, Kansas City Royals manager. He's not a great baseball mind. Ned, he's no Ned Yost. No. <laughs> do, you, do you think that Dan Duquette, uh, even mentioning it, this weird wording about the club, is that him kind of expressing his frustrations with Peter Angelos? Because this is a decision that clearly should have been made before today. Yeah, it sounds, going back to the Seinfeld references, it sounds like Jimmy here, right? <laughs> Don't get a little, a little Jimmy vibe? Jimmy likes Elaine. All right. Yeah, exactly. The club likes Manny Machado. The club wants to keep Manny Machado. 
The club wants to sign Manny Machado to a long-term deal. You're the club. That's your job. That's exactly what you do. You are the guy who decides these things. At least you're supposed to decide these things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's frustrating, and it's frustrating because you want Dan Duquette. And, but also, anyone who thought Dan Duquette was going to go on the radio and give you answers and tell you what you want to hear, oh. they, yeah. he's yeah, not going mean, to say anything. This is what he's no. supposed to do. I know, and the, the shame is, and the, the 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 shame of it is, and we become a society where how you speak is almost more important than how, how what good of a job you do and the quality of job that, that right. you do. Right, it's it's right there, right below how you tweet. Yeah, yeah, and and so people judge people and judge people's intelligence and their character, and and all these things based on a single tweet and less at the the what the man does. And if you look at 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 Dan Duquette, I mean, every trade, everyone freaks out and says, he's going to do something insane. He's going to do something so stupid. What are we doing? And every time he makes reasonably good moves, maybe not the best moves in the world. Maybe you fine. could take, but it's fine. It's nothing that anyone maybe says not, that's terrible. Maybe not every time. Well, no, he makes what moves. He does one thing he's done that's been outrageously wrong, that's been embarrassing, that's been terrible. Right. And it's not Gerardo like. Parra. Yeah, 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 but even I okay, mean, that, that wasn't a bad deal. Time, he gave up, what did he give up for him? Zach Davies. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad move. But at the time, if you go back and look at what people said at the time, no one said that's like Harada Parra was like the hottest hitter in the National League, right. and we needed a right fielder, and it was kind of a perfect fit. But at, at the time, people said that that sounds like a good move for both sides. Right. It's not like at the time he was making – I'm going to trade my top pitcher prospect for this no-name guy who's going to suck at outfield. I mean, at the time, it was looked upon as a reasonable deal. And, that, and that's my whole point. You can question some of the moves, and I question some of the moves, the Mark Trumbull signing, the Chris Davis signing, the, the Harada Parra trade, even if you want to go back to some of the other trades that really haven't worked out, let, letting Parker Bridwell go. All those type of moves are real criticisms of Dan Ducat, and they're reasonable criticisms of Dan Ducat. But it's not the guy is not an idiot. The guy knows what he's doing. That's my my whole point. And and what we get upset about Dan Duquette about is is the fact that he doesn't open up the checkbook and sign these big pitchers, sign the make the big moves. That's what we get upset about. Is that all his moves are little moves? But we all know the truth is that it's Peter Angelos behind all that. Peter Angelos is the reason he can't make the big move. These little moves is all he's allowed to allowed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he somehow it's, convinced Peter Angelos to open up $40 million for Abaldo Jimenez, and that bit him in the butt, and he was one of the worst pitchers we had to keep on the staff for four years because he's getting $10 million a year. So what are the odds he's going to open up the wallet again for a starting pitcher of even Abaldo caliber, which isn't saying a whole lot? Not to mention Giovanni Gallardo, who we were lucky to trade off for Seth Smith last offseason. That's another one where it right. did not, the contract did not work out. Yeah, and the and the big contract on the Orioles, the Chris Davis contract. I'm pretty sure Dan Duquette did not want that deal, that that was forced upon him. Yeah, based on his other moves, like waiting to February to sign Nelson Cruz for a ridiculous low sum of money, right? Waiting on Mark Trumbo till Mark Trumbo went way down to Dan Duquette's asking price. All of a sudden, with Chris Davis. Dan Duquette says, I'm going to ignore all the stuff I did before and just throw all the money in the world right. at Chris Davis. Well, yeah, that doesn't sound like Dan Duquette's evidence. No, for Dan Duquette to go on the radio with Chris Davis and to say what that candle's out or something like that, or that candle's something, he made some candle reference about it being over. <laughs> and then next thing you know, the Orioles are outbidding themselves for Chris Davis. That's not a Dan Duquette move. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you, I just hope uh, that... Peter Angelos feels the same way about Manny Machado as he does about Chris Davis. That's what I hope. Yeah, Chris Davis is white. Josh, why would you? <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just saying. That has nothing Peter, to do with it. It's, he not, signed, it's not my thought. I'm just saying Peter Angelos. I mean, he signed Adam Jones to a long-term deal, okay? Get out of here with that nonsense. He signed Ubaldo Jimenez to, to a long-term deal. Get out of here with that nonsense. Okay. Nonsense. Any more quotes over there from Dan Duquette, or did he just? Is that all the mumbling he did on the radio? No, I got I got one more. Um, he says, "Certainly we like about Jonathan Scope. Certainly, li- certainly we like John Scope, and we love to have him for the best part of his career. We're seeing that right now. But that's the conversation. That's a conversation for another day. 
We have him back for this year, and we're glad he's coming back. Did I? I thought I heard something about that was weird about extension spoke a while ago, uh, like a like a few weeks ago. Yeah, wasn't there something reported that, about? Yes, with yep, about a week and a half ago. Uh, rumors came out from one of the national reporters that were in that were in talks with Scope for a uh, extension, like a five-year, seventy million, seventy million extension, um, and then it quickly kind of got derailed by local reporters saying that's not so true. Okay, um, good way to go, local reporters. <laughs> right. Well, they, I mean, they do what they do best. They they squash Oriole fans. I mean, it it almost seems like sometimes when Dan Duquette talks, he to the media and on interviews and stuff, he doesn't tell us the whole truth of what's going on. You think? Yeah, yeah. Think? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. There's, you're not going to get an interview with Adam Jones or Machado or Buck yeah. Showalter or anybody that's going to tell you what's really going on. Yeah, I think. But I think Dan Duquette, his his way of speaking. Um, the fact that he always repeats himself, the fact that he's so not even subtle, he's not a politician. The fact that he's so overtly avoids answering the question and just kind of talks circles, I think all makes people kind of distrust him and not like him and think he's incompetent. And I don't yeah. think he's incompetent at all. Like we can pick fights about some of the moves he's made. And I agree, not all the moves have been great. But if you compare him to someone like Sid Thrift and what Sid Thrift did here, and people I know love Andy McPhail, but the only reason you like Andy McPhail is because he made like two good trades. Outside of that, um, Andy McPhail, whose whole thing was grow the arm by the bats, the bats he bought were, were like Vladimir Guerrero, and the arms he grew were Brad Bergerson. Like he didn't do it. He didn't yeah. grow arms or buy bats, and the Orioles never won with Andy McPhail. Daniel Kett is the first general manager the Orioles have won with. And that's a big deal. Even if the core of the team was Andy McPhail, Andy McPhail didn't win with this core of the team. It took someone coming in, putting those finishing touches on, a Nelson Cruz, if you will, a Mark Trumbull a couple years ago when he was good, uh, to get this team back in the winning ways. So I I think I just hate this idea that people talk about Daniel Cat like he's a moron and like he has no plan for this team. It's just not true. And you might not think he's the greatest GM, and would I take Theo Epstein or something over Dan Duquette? Sure, I would. But I don't think he's the worst GM in baseball either. And I don't think he's an idiot without a plan. I think he has a clear plan, but I think he's in one of the toughest positions of any GM in baseball with Peter Angelos as your your owner. I mean, if you want to know something about Peter Angelos, you just look at this whole, has there been any settlement? Do we know what's going on with the Nationals and this whole massive dispute? I mean, this is... Nobody knows. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. When I was thinking about Peter Angelos as, as the owner, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, this is one good thing. About, this is great about Peter Angelos. I mean, this man is petty as I'll get at. And, and this is a perfect thing where he views that, you know, Baltimore is kind of being disrespected by Major League Baseball by letting this D.C. team come in here and then reneging on a deal that you already had established. And so right. I feel like most other owners – would just kind of let this go and not fight this. But Peter Angelos had the guys, he's going to fight it, and he's going to be obnoxious about it until the end of time. And I do like that about Dan Duquette. And if he would just be that obnoxious on that side of the things and not get involved in, like, day-to-day baseball operations or trade deals or who the Orioles sign and for how much, that would be awesome. Just write us the checks, man. But, hey, he's the owner, so I guess you can do what you want. That's how it works. Right. For uh, a few more years. Yeah. I can't talk to Josh about Peter Angelos <laughs> anymore because he makes he uh, hint, makes less than hinted comments about... I mean, come on. Uh, is, is anyone a Peter Angelos fan? Aren't we all just kind of frustrated at Peter Angelos? I mean, sure. Sure. But, I mean, he is... He, he's, he's the owner right now. What, 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 yeah. what are you going to do? But, but this isn't like a respect the owner this isn't like uh it's not like because he owns the team we need to listen to whatever he says and agree with him and praise him and well and it's not it's not his place to be a baseball expert he's the money man he's the man that runs the the franchise and writes the checks that he hires guys like dan duquette to be the baseball guy um you know i guess it'd be nice to have an owner who shows a little uh 
more compassion and cares about baseball. I mean, I, that's not the right word because we know his compassion extends far beyond owning a baseball team. He's yeah, he, widely he's very generous. Donations, yes. charitable Absolutely. contributions, things like that. Everyone knows all about that. Yeah, the bottom of pool's um, open. Yeah, it, it. But I don't know. It. It's you want to. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Would it be nice to see the owner in the box at home games now and then, and and show like he cares about the team? I don't know. I, it doesn't matter. I think it just matters if they win freaking baseball games. For all I care. I tried that argument, and the response that I was told was that Peter Angelos wasn't healthy enough to be in the box. See, really? I, I, I I've heard a different argument. What's that? I mean, he's still he's still a full time lawyer, so I've heard he's just kind of dedicated more of his time to getting obsessed uh cases worked out and 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 suing people yeah i mean that he's he's 80, a lot of money in that he's 88 years old i mean wow that's can you i mean think of people you know who are 88 years old oh, it's I tough, hope I'm it's dead tough to I'm get 80. them to go to a baseball game yeah all right. Well, I mean, it's just it's it's something to watch this off season. I just want everyone to keep this in mind. Like Dan Duquette is going to do his thing, but there's always that kind of shadow in the background with this Peter Angelos who's going to have to sign off on every deal. And if you if, if he sees you from his his office, uh, if he sees you outside and you're a baseball player and you like show a little bit of a limp or you like trip over the curb, all of a sudden that deal could go down down the. Uh, down the drain as any type of <laughs> close to a physical failure, even any type of physical weakness. Uh, that's why I love Chris Davis. Chris Davis is a physical specimen, right? Any type of yeah. weakness he wants no part of. Yeah, and you know, the <laughs> other the other way, besides Dan, so Dan Duquette's uh, the club needs to decide was a clear shot at Peter Angelos. The other thing we saw about that was Adam Jones' postseason comments about how he's going to sit down with Peter Angelos. It's very sure. clear that all of this, that Peter Angelos is the real GM. Sure. Yeah, like, I, I mean, it would be reasonable if you want to know what the direction of the club is, because that's what the meeting was about. Adam Jones wanted to know the direction of the club right. and had some advice about the direction of the club, which, Adam Jones, I don't know if it's your, really your place, but fine. If you want to do it, I don't care. But, but, but and, and he could be as, as frustrated as us, as saying, hey, what's, look at what they're building around me. Yeah, but it, in, in almost every franchise in baseball, every franchise in sports, if you want to know the direction that the club is heading, you talk to the guy in charge of, of getting players. You, you talk to the general manager. That's who you talk to right. when you want to know the direction of the team. You don't talk to owners and unless you're like, I don't know. Jerry, I don't know why you would talk to owners. What it is is this is like Jerry Jones-ish, except that Peter Angelos doesn't come out in public. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, but but it's still very much. And, and, and don't think, don't sleep on – Peter Angelos, because he's 88, that he's not still actively involved in this team. And I don't, I don't know much about his son. I know uh, uh, John Angelos has come out on Twitter with a lot of the, the stuff in Baltimore that's going on. He's right. been really eloquent and kind of cool about all the stuff going on and uh, very ju ju judicious with his words. But I don't know as far as the baseball mind goes. I don't know how all that stuff works. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about uh, John Angelos, but from what I've seen, the little that I've seen, if he's going to inherit ownership of the team which i guess is what would happen there's no son involved yeah. too but yeah yeah uh i mean he seems like a guy who might be more of a face owner you know where you're gonna see him out and about and and people the fans who still hold a grudge against peter angelos for the 14 consecutive losing seasons might take a little kinder to the sun just because of the uh the the face you see of him out and about and on social media nowadays i don't know yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. Right, his, true. his son is the head of Masson right now. So I think that has a lot to do with um, what Masson's doing and showing how much how important that was to bring the rights of the Orioles in-house instead of the old HTS that we grew up with. I think right. that was a lot of his son's doing, which brings to the whole Masson lawsuit with the Nationals, and we still don't really know the effect that's having on the checkbooks. Not that yeah. it's preventing the Nationals from spending any of the money they don't oh, right. have yet. We know how it affects them. It doesn't. But well, yeah. and that, they that don't owner, care. I think that owner has more money than Peter. Peter. I mean, on a personal level, that that owner is one of the richest owners in baseball. Uh, so it? I think he has more money than Peter, Peter Angelos has. Yeah, but I, I don't think the problem with the Orioles in the past several seasons has been the amount of money they're spending. 
you could take issue with more how they're spending it, not how yes. much they're spending. I think they're spending right. Fine. Should we? Yeah, take- they wait. They would. They would have wasted a lot of money on uh, a Chris Davis non-existent, uh, you know, free agent battle. Uh, whereas a free agent like a Max Scherzer or somebody else comes up, and we're not even in the conversation. Right. Yeah. Like Anoki. Yeah, and part of that also goes back to well, that's a whole different thing with the the the, the we don't want to be involved in international signings, right. but but also you're able to do that when some of the Nationals' best players, like a guy like Trey Turner, um, are guys that you kind of groomed and are young players still on their young contracts, so they're not making hardly any money, and a bunch of sure. pitchers they got too, and they're 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 young, young pitchers. So I, I don't know really the whole Nationals roster. I really don't care. But the only way teams can do that is go out and sign those big name free agents as if you have enough players who are young, not making any money. And the Orioles haven't doesn't, haven't done a great job about de- continually developing those, those great players. Uh, that's a fair the- point. Yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, and do you take anything into account that uh, Peter Angelos was born in Pittsburgh and John Angelos graduated from Duke? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, you mean, you say Duke, I say Snowflake University. That's what I call yeah. Duke. <laughs> But but no, the answer is no. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> it looks like someone's been busy on Wikipedia right now, huh? Yeah, you, you think I know anything else about these guys? They're big, rich nope. guys that don't show up in public. Big, rich guys. Big and rich. Uh, you want to get to my, my snowflakes of the week? Yeah, I want to hear about this. Remember, we renamed your segment. Oh, yeah, snowflake or coconut. A strawberry or a coconut? Are you a coconut or a strawberry? Okay, let's let's start off on on, on Twitter. A couple um, comments on Twitter. I'm going to start doing this. Keep track because I follow a lot of Orioles baseball players on Twitter. Okay. They don't follow me for some reason, uh, which annoys me. But I follow them on Twitter. So here are some tweets, and I want you to tell me: Is this tweet? Uh, is this is this a coconut or a, or a strawberry? So we'll, we'll start okay, with this Chris is like Davis. Uh, Bert's game time, Matt's yeah. game time. Yeah, we'll start with Chris Davis. Okay, he said this six days ago. Today is Giving Tuesday, a global giving movement, and Jill and I have pledged our support to the Children's Heart Program with the University of Maryland Children's Hospital. Join us in supporting the patients of the Children's Heart Program and give a gift that lasts. All right, well, clearly, clearly someone wrote that for him, and it wasn't yeah. Chris Davis, but it's a coconut. He's doing something good. Yeah. I it's just want to get local. Yeah, yeah, local. It's for kids. Uh, you can't have any problem with that. Yeah, it's a clear co- coconut move, um, and I wanted to give a shout-out right there to Chris Davis for, for uh, donating to a good cause. The next one by Kevin Gossman. I was just told – this is two days ago. I was just told there's a thing called an upside-down – Christmas tree. Ha 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 ha. Hashtag millennials. <laughs> Wait, he, uh, he is a millennial. Upside down Christmas tree. Is that a snowflake? Have you guys seen these trees, by the way? Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. I don't think anyone really has them. I think it's just for TV news. You, do, you, do, you, do you know who has one? Who has one? You Somebody know, does. You know, you know someone who has them, has one, as do you, Bert, as do I. All right, well, get at it. His name is Manny Machado. He has an upside down. That's where I saw it. It was on Instagram. Yeah, um, um, Yeah. Machado's Instagram. He posted his upside down. Uh, Strawberry. Yeah. Yeah. Strawberry. Uh, The next one's from Cody Sedlock, who is a former top pitching prospect who then got hurt. Ever heard of him? (laughs) He's one of those. (laughs) Uh, But no, still a good young pitcher in the Orioles organization, Cody Sedlock. He he tweeted this uh, six hours ago. Too many young athletes feel the need to post every workout, achievement, etc. everywhere on social media. Work your tail off for yourself. No one else should matter. Amen. Coconut uh, all the way. I see Joey Rickert likes to post his workouts on Instagram. I've seen that a few times. Oh, so maybe that was shots fired at Jimmy Rickard. Jimmy Rickard? That's not his name. <laughs> Jimmy Rickard? Jimmy Rickard. <laughs> I don't follow I don't follow any Orioles but Machado on Instagram. That's my next step. I gotta start following these people on Instagram and social media and everything so I can call them out for coconut or snowflake moves. Right. Yeah. Strawberry. Yeah. 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 Uh but yeah, people post every workout 
is a strawberry move. Big time. No, no, no one cares. Now I'm, uh, I don't. I don't think I'll ever lose weight or start eating better. But if I do, the only way you're going to hear about it is if you bump into me and all, all of a sudden look thinner. Because I'm not going to yeah. be blabbing about it on social media. Or what about the, those people who every time they run, they share it on their phone. So it said like, I ran five miles in two minutes. Yeah. And what does yeah. it? It shares onto their Twitter or something. Yeah, it shares on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, people do that. You haven't seen this? I haven't seen that. Yeah. No. Congratulations. The workout app that you can share on on, on, on on Twitter. Yeah, mine shares with my wife, but I think that's it. Okay. Uh, I want to tell them, hey, listen, you you ran five miles in thirty minutes. That's great. I have my car. I can I can do that in five minutes. So I don't know what you're so excited about. My car can do that in five minutes. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Thirty minutes. And break. I stopped at Taco Bell on the way there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of Taco Bell. Uh, I got a snowflake or coconut. Uh, let's watch this. Uh, let's listen to this bit news clip that this I, this I morning, just read. A homeowner gets a gross kind of package left behind by a delivery driver in Sacramento, and it's caught on camera. The Amazon driver is in that U-Haul van there, stops to poop in the street right in front of homes <laughs> in broad daylight. The female poop driver the then oh. runs back into the van and then takes off. Uh, Amazon released a statement about this incident and gave the homeowner a gift card. The driver was fired. I would think so. Knew this morning. Knew this morning a homeowner gets a gross. I would think so. Uh, here's the, this article is from the Huffington Post. The title of the article is Del- "Delivery Driver for Amazon Caught on Camera Pooping on Man's Driveway," and then a subtitle: "The homeowner wants to get to the bottom of this mess." <laughs> No, uh, what, then, no, no, no package jokes. Hold on, I just want to read a little bit of this article. A homeowner in Sacramento City, California, is down the dumps after an Amazon <laughs> delivery contract with a pile of feces in front of his house. And then it goes on to say, at the end, it says, uh, "The company gave Batista a gift card to apologize for all the crap he had to deal with." <laughs> but he told KTXL TV that this. That his real concern was for the customers who had packages delivered by the driver after the person pooped. So uh, the video clearly shows because he has one of those things in, on wait. your on your door. Yeah, I, I got it. Bert's got it. But wait, what's the concern yeah. about the other packages delivered? I don't know. Like maybe you didn't wash your hands after you pooped. She didn't wash her hands. She or touched she everybody's pooped. packages. And so now now she's grabbing people's packages without without. She uh... she basically uh, okay. pooped in everybody's house afterwards because her fingers touched their packages that went in their house. Yeah, and I I don't want to get into all the potty humor, guys. It's just unavoidable, though. Is this the coconut or or strawberry move? I mean, you have to go. Have you guys ever done this where you had to pull over sure. somewhere? Or just gone in the car sure. in, in in your pants like this stuff kind of happens sometimes. So I don't know why we're all over this all in this girl's business, uh, guys. Yeah. What, what do you think? Oh, I, I know why it's a strawberry move. It, it's yeah. Why, why it's it, strawberry? Everyone runs into this problem. Everyone's had to pull the car over uh, at some point and, and deal with this. The the strawberry move is to think that you can do it in the person's driveway. That is the <laughs> strawberry move. Right in the driveway. Everyone else does this. <laughs> And you try to go in a place where you won't get caught, not in the yeah. middle of the driveway, or you go into some trees, not the driveway. The driveway is the strawberry attitude of this driveway is as good as my toilet. Yeah. Like, I, I, I tend to agree with Josh a little bit. Like, it takes a special kind of coconut just to drop <laughs> trowel and poop wherever you want to poop. Is there something coconut about it? I feel like there's something coconut about just yeah. dropping in the driveway. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And But I'm also, in that regard, I'm kind of impressed. With how smoothly she can just go out, take care of her business, and get right back in. <laughs> yeah, moving that's on. impressive. That's a that's yeah. a special kind of coconut. <laughs> I, and I looked at the video multiple times. I tried to zoom in a little bit. I saw no signs of, of TP or anything. It was just like straight drop, pants down, drop, pants up, move on. <laughs> like it was, yeah, I mean, hopefully <laughs> for her, it was like one of those ghost poop situations you know, where you, you wipe and then there's nothing there, and you're like, all right, that was the cleanest poop I ever had. That's called a ghost poop. Okay, new new term for me. <laughs> Um, and this is way, I know it's a guy's driveway, but this is way better than when you go into the bathroom and some guy who's pooped in the urinal or in the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's that's terrible. Uh, but that's at least in the bathroom. That's at least in the room where that happens, well, right? That, that's where you're just being a jerk. Here, she might have had a major, like, not, issue. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you See, how I... How I... 
how I handle this. And this is you open up one of the packages and just use the box. No, no, that's no, that's not a that's not a bad option actually. Now that you mention it, I bet she has empty box in there that, that she could have sure, used. Sure. Or you just do one. Oh, it got lost in delivery, or yeah. damaged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's. I would think there's. We we can we can talk all day, but I bet there's several options that are better than pooping in someone else's driveway. I bet we can come with several options that 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 are better than that. Yeah. I don't think that's that hard. Yeah. But I would say just pooping in the driveway is is better than making it to the bathroom, but then like Josh said, pooping in the urinal or on the floor in the corner because that is a huge hassle that somebody has to clean up. Whereas if you just do it in the driveway, you just pull out the garden hose and hose it down the sewer. Well, that's it not all, exactly It all happened. ends up there anyway. Yeah. In <laughs> right. this situation, another Amazon driver came out later that night and cleaned it up actually. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. How would no you like Amazon. To, how would you like to be what the second they Amazon do? driver? Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, listen, crap happens, but Amazon cleans up their crap when when it happens. So that's right, good for Amazon. Right, good but, for them. Yeah, again, the lady. Right, the problem is the driveway. Anywhere else, she would have been fine. Right, the other the problem would have been all right. The other problem too. Josh mentioned the cameras and the doorbells, which we have. Just going to show you, you are on camera everywhere and anywhere, no matter when you think whatever you're doing. If you think you're not being watched, you're probably being watched. Yeah, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a strawberry situation going on there. Like, what, can't anyone just poop anywhere for the little bit of privacy anymore? Like, I can't <laughs> poop it. I can't poop my own driveway without someone getting on a camera. Uh, now her, she's on video everywhere, having having pooped in a driveway. She will forever be known as a driveway pooper, and that's outrageous. I think. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. going to be tough to write on her re- next job resume when they ask why you got fired from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that cam- speaking of those cameras, I got creeped out by my camera uh, last night okay. or over the weekend because around 2.30 in the morning, it beeped saying there was motion at my front door. Okay. And I checked the video and it said there was 30 seconds of motion at my front door. And oh I kept my. watching the video and there's nothing there. Can we speculate there. on what it was for 30 seconds that could be making motion outside your front door? Well, I have a couple ideas. I watched the video. There was nothing that I could see. So it was either some type of alien activity or a ghost activity. Something paranormal was happening on my front porch at 2.30 on Friday night. Yeah, or or uh, right. Amazon driver could have been pooping on your driveway. Just in camouflage. Yeah, one of those ghost poops that Bert was talking about. <laughs> That's true. It could have been a ghost poop. Yeah. Did you see that hashtag trending from all the other people who have had Amazon drivers pooping in their driveways too? Uh, yeah, hashtag. The Me Too, <laughs> right. Me Me too. too hashtag. <laughs> It's just a new. It's a new snowflake fad. Yeah, but but it's me and the number two, right? <laughs> Clever, Josh. I love it. All right, I just wanted to end. I wanted to end that segment on a good pun. That's fine. Oh, hey, one more quick snowflake or strawberry. We'll make this real quick. Snowflake or strawberry. Uh, this was trending on Twitter a little bit ago. You mean snowflake uh, or coconut? What what I say? Snow. No, it's snowflake it's, or strawberry. Guys, you both are screwing it up. A strawberry or a coconut, are you a coconut or a strawberry? Guy walks in the Waffle House. I assume it's the middle of the night. Oh, this is my favorite story of the week. It was the middle Everyone's of the night. Everyone's sleeping. Yeah, everyone's sleeping. The Waffle House 24-7. We've all been to Waffle House before. The, 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 those places are great. Guy walks into the Waffle House. Everyone, all the workers are sleeping. He he so was <laughs> he was drunk. Okay, I didn't know that, but yes. it sounds about right. So he fires up the grill and he makes him. I don't know what he makes, but he he makes his own breakfast. Yeah, he's a coconut. A coconut. Yeah, he's, is that a yeah. coconut move? He's the, Everyone's he, asleep. You he's go behind in the kitchen and and you start making your own meal. Is that a coconut move? How is that absolutely? A it's a coconut. Everyone move. that's in the kitchen is the strawberries that they couldn't stay awake through their work shift. Come on, right. <laughs> You, you take that one step further, you cook a waffle for someone else, and that guy's a hero. <laughs> All right, fine. No, he's a coconut. All right. Glad we, glad we settled that. Woo! All right. Hey, uh, the one thing we did not get to with Orioles is that yeah. uh, Beef, Wel- Beef Wellington is uh, now a Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Any surprise there? I think I mean you want we talked about before Dan Duquette. How about signing Juan, Juan, Juan Castillo? That turned out to be a really good move as a year stop stopgap 
until hopefully this year chance this goes ready. Castillo had a good year. Can we give Duquette props on making a good signing? We should. Yeah, he did a good yeah. job. Yeah, that was a good pickup with Juan uh, Castillo. Right. A good one-year deal. You don't see good one-year deals very often. That's a good one-year deal. Right. And, yeah, you don't see one-year deals very often. And who's got the last two big successful one-year deals would be Dan Duquette. Yeah, yeah. And Juan uh, Castillo was, like, the player option. But this is one of those fortunate situations where I think the Orioles didn't want him to pick up the player option. And he right. didn't want to pick the player option either because he could make more money with Chicago. Yep. What's the number? I didn't see. What did they release? What he signed for? I think it was. I think it was two years, fifteen million. I think is what okay. I saw. So almost like what he got with the Orioles. Yeah. Right. Still and keep that going. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think it was that much, but it, it was a good deal for him. He got a little increase. Yeah. All right. Um, Bert, hey. anyone in the chat room we're, we're sharing? I see you're doing a little comment in the chat room. I love when you do that, Bert, a little interaction. Yeah, we do have a little bit. Jacob Rock is apparently heading up to Pittsburgh for the Ravens game next weekend, and, and he wanted some advice to uh, not get pelted with too many beer cans. I just said, uh, just be nice and not mouth off to the opposing fans. You are a guest in their stadium, after all. Mm. And, my, mm. and my advice would be a backpack full of coconuts. <laughs> and when you get hit, you throw a coconut back. Yeah, no, that that that's bad advice. That would be a that would be a snowflake move. No, I think and this and Bert's right and and Bert and Josh and I we we know this because we've been to so many Ravens games. I mean, so many Oral games with obnoxious Yankee and Red Sox fans that we know how to be respectful in someone else's stadium, even sure. though they don't right. know how to be respectful in our stadium. But you still so, yeah, you still wear, you wear your jersey. You you wear your jersey. You cheer hardcore for the Ravens. You just don't get nasty with other fans. Yeah. You, you just be respectful of other fans. Absolutely. Right. I fell, I fell down a uh, rabbit's hole of YouTube videos of stadium fights and brawls and things like that. And it, it just further proves that I want nothing to do with that. Uh, you just got to be chill, have fun, but try to, you know, come home with your jaw intact. Yeah. Well, Bert, you're showing your age again. I am. <laughs> I don't even like going downtown. Right. I only go downtown for Orioles games. That's it. Uh, and the Hippodrome. Oh, yeah. I guess that counts, too. I'd rather go to a Hippodrome show than an Orioles game at this point. Uh, are you are you off the Orioles bandwagon now, too? Before right. You... We'll, we'll see you in April. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you on opening day. <laughs> but Hey, uh, uh, speaking of this offseason, spring training. Yeah. You, you want me to talk about uh, what we're trying to do to get back to spring training this year? Yeah, yeah, because I want to go back to spring training. All right. I was I was going to save it for next week. Okay, uh, we can so save it. So next week's when we can get into the tease details. It. But I teased it on Facebook, so we might as well tease it now. And I'll it, I'll have it up on our on our uh, section336.com probably now by tomorrow, so now that we're going to talk about it. But we want to go to spring training. We did not go last year because we lost our sponsor. And uh, we don't need to go down that trail. I think we have before in the podcast, but we lost the sponsor. Yeah. We're we are I we're having a, some little conversations for some small sponsors that might help us out. But we're hoping that you guys, the listeners, the coconuts, can help us out and help us get to spring training this year. Uh, if you remember in previous years, they are some of the funnest episodes for people to listen to. Uh, I have a lot of fun dealing with trying to keep drunk Bert straight. What? And, uh, that doesn't sound like me. Uh-huh. JJ Hardy. Right. Wait, <laughs> you're, you're keeping already... me straight? What, what is that supposed to mean? I, I get, uh... Uh, you're all about the butt, as Matt told <laughs> I, us I earlier. Get... <laughs> um, Try and keep me straight. <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of fun. We get some, we've gotten some really cool interviews over the years by, by going down to Sarasota, going to where the teams are, the players, and yeah. uh, some really fun videos and all that stuff. And we want to do that again this year. So we're just asking if you... If you enjoy the podcast, if you're in the given spirit now for Christmas time and all, and uh, you're thankful for us after Thanksgiving, if you could just go to section336.com, and we're doing a little Patreon page where you can uh, donate to help us out monthly, or you can send a one-time donation, whatever you want. Um, I teased it on Facebook today, and we got a couple people responded. And we are very thankful for you. And uh, We love us some coconuts. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you, guys. Really excited to... Yeah on how i can't believe we've been doing this for five five years right yeah. five years that's crazy uh, every week 
Without fail, yeah. And we might switch it to days every now and then, but I think almost every week. I don't know. Have you ever missed a week? Like, we're every single week. We we uh, we missed one week, and it was it was uh, after a postseason loss where we were too upset. Oh, to yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, Toronto yeah. game. The yeah, Toronto game? Yeah, yeah. When, when Zach Britton did not come in, we had to yeah. we had to not do a show because we were too upset. Yeah. I thought we would have to shut down the show after that completely. Actually, I'm surprised no. we still do it after that. I told that. you yeah. I told you guys how I I accidentally recreated that on uh, MLB the show in the off season. Yeah, and I yeah. started crying again. It was yeah, tough. Just, that's all you can do is cry. It's tough. So this, anyway, this this end of the year is a perfect time to be giving for charitable contributions. All donations of Section three three six tax deductible. Not, tax deductible, people. Uh, 501c3 charitable contributions just if you get audited i didn't tell you that (laughs) (laughs) right Right. yeah we don't know an accountant but you can take their word for it (laughs) right don't don't call up peter angelos and sue us but yeah Yeah. if you want to help us out uh we appreciate it yeah we're, we're not trying to like live the life up in Sarasota. We just want to go down for a few days and do this show like we've done in the previous yeah. years. We, we do it dirt cheap, but we just want to be able to do it and dirt cheap. The, the intern's been missing for uh, months, so it's probably only three of us this year. Yeah, but he's not invited as far as I'm concerned. Okay, Bert, don't get nasty with it. He's listening to the show. I haven't seen him. Okay, I bet you'll get a text soon from him because he probably heard you say that. He's going to send you a nasty text. We need Baloney. Some, uh, we'll There's take, no uh, chance he heard this. Uh, intern did not hear this, and we're gonna, we'll take someone with us because we need someone to do the videographer work, uh, videography work so we can really uh, do better at the video. The intern failed at that big time last time. Okay, 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 fine. B- very bigly. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> bigly. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, on Twitter... I tweeted like three times this week, so I'm a must follow on Twitter. I yeah, like yeah, three you times. gotta you gotta tweet a little more than that. Uh, Gigi does not get all those Twitter followers by tweeting only three times a week. Oh man, we, we need to get to the Maryland game. I was tweeting I was watching the Maryland game yesterday. Amazing. Game. amazing. Are you calling that amazing? Yeah, it was unbelievable. How they, they did not deserve that win. Uh, well, I don't, you can say it was deserved or not. It was just unbelievable to watch. Hey, uh, Up by 22, then tied it, and then the, the tip in with point one left, and, and, and then overtime, and then got fouled with point three left. It's crazy game. You know what? I'm going to throw in a little prediction here that yes. the Ravens are winning the division. It is, okay, it is halftime at the uh, Steelers. Bengals game. Well, it's like 15 seconds at halftime, and the Bengals are up 17 0. Really? Yeah. All right. That's good news. So that's I'm good news. You, I'm, I'm calling it now, week 13. Ravens winning this division. All of a sudden, uh, if that happens, if that score holds true, oh, I forgot. I bet Sunday night becomes. I forgot. Sunday night becomes the bigger game. It's something that's huge, and I just remembered that I got this 80 to one odds when I bet it down in Nashville. I gotta find that piece of paper. I thought it was crap. Hey, well, maybe Josh. We don't need any donations. That the Ravens hey. win the Super Bowl, you just pay for Sarasota. The, the problem is Josh only put down a quarter for the Ravens. So he gets hey. about ten dollars. If the Ravens win the Super Bowl, spring training's on me. Yay! Go Ravens! I'm <laughs> done. Oh. All right, boys and girls, Instagram, all that stuff. Too. You can follow me on Twitter at section three three six. You can follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Rody. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. If you're too cheap to help us out on the uh, donation thing, go give us an iTunes review. That's free. Yeah, that's free. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Go Ravens. When you step into the yard, we must protect the